Welcome to the Encore Entrepreneur Show, where we break through the online noise, trends, and all those fleeting tactics to bring you business guidance that stands the test of time, has been proven to work, and gives you real-world results so that your entrepreneurial journey is as successful as possible. We believe in building businesses from the inside out using values and validation. Learn how to put values and validation to work in your business by joining our free workshop at EncoreEmpire.com forward slash validate. I'm Deidre Harder, a CPA and business strategist. And I'm Carmen Reed Gilkison, a whole person certified coach and business strategist. We're your guides on the side and hosts of the Encore Entrepreneur Show. Let's get started. This episode 30 is a great ride. If you have not met El Naj before, strap in and hold on because you're in for an adventure, a complete adventure. Now, I do want to caution everyone that there is some language in this episode. We're fine with that, but if you're not, then you may not want to listen. And then I also want to let you know that there is static in this episode, and that's too bad, but the the content far exceeds the a little bit of annoyance that the static provides. So it's a little bit of a longer episode and it's just something that will expand your mind if you let it. So we hope you enjoy this interview with El Naj. Hi ladies. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I hit the wrong thing. That was my fault. So let's start from the top. Now that we got it out of the way, we will well, it'll be, it'll go better this time. All right. My bad. <laughs> oh, thank you so for you being human. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so nervous about hosting you ladies on my podcast. I'm like, oh, thank God you fucked up too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, here we go. El Naj is a self-leadership strategist who specializes in supporting high-functioning business leaders to calibrate their greatness so they can live iconic legacies and experience unbridled satisfaction. She has discovered that behind fear lies freedom and within tribal fear lies power. Today, we're going to dive into self-leadership, the art of living unafraid. Welcome, Elle. Good morning, ladies, and thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such a privilege. We are so excited to have you. We are. And I'm really excited because I've heard so much about you, Elle, because Carmen has, uh, she's met you. You guys have been doing some things together. So I'd love to hear, and I'm sure our audience would love to hear like how you guys met and how you got connected. Yeah. So we got connected through a mutual connection, Denise Morrison. Hi, Denise. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> so <laughs> have to shout out to Denise. For a whole bunch of reasons. Denise Denise is awesome anyway. And then Denise is a connector. And I discovered after meeting Elle that Elle is a connector. Elle is someone who is out there, out loud and unafraid and out in the world doing great things and connecting people. And when we met, I was so impressed by all the people that you were able to rattle off right away that you wanted to introduce me to Elle. So I appreciated that. And then you know, joining your unapologetic group has been super valuable to me. And so I'd love for you to tell us about that 
specifically and anything else you want to share with the audience? Oh, thank you so much, Carmen. And yeah, shout out to Denise, indeed. You know, ladies, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. It's all about remembering that we are human beings co-creating life, co-creating the world. None of it gets done in isolation. And when we start operating from the space again, business, life, relationships, love life, everything just works. And Everything flows into each other, Carmen. So at the end of the day, I closed down my social media accounts a couple of years ago after doing some deep introspection and going, no, it is time for me to do things differently. And at the beginning of this year, I thought, well, how how are you going to do this now, Al? And so I started attending networking meetings. Now, no offense to networking meetings. They're great for the people for who they are great for. They didn't work very well for me for various reasons. But every now and again, I would meet somebody fabulous and get on a coffee call and it would just be gold crushing all over them. And one meeting led to the next meeting, led to the next meeting. And what I found was because I was attracting like-hearted people, Making introductions are so easy because every time that I got on a call, I'd be like, Carmen, of course I've got these people to introduce you to. You have to meet them. They're fabulous. They're just amazing. And so that is what I do now. Every time I meet somebody, there's automatically a bunch of people that they need to meet, not necessarily to do business with, but because it enriches our lives to have these like-hearted people on a high vibration in our lives. And that's how Unapologetic started forming. It was a case of, if I don't want to go to all of these networking meetings, what is it that I am here to create? And I became to understand that business has been built by the masculine and it's ready to be taken to the next level by the feminine. And in order for us to do that as businesswomen, as unapologetically gifted businesswomen, there are certain things that we need to start embodying. There are certain things that we need to start healing within ourselves and between each other. And then there are new things that we need to start interdependently co-create in this world. And that's how it all came about. And what an amazing space it's turning out to be. It definitely is. Yeah, I love I love what you're talking about, Elle. You know, a lot of times in business, we think we have to do things a certain kind of way. And I think as women, you know, you've hit it on the head. We a lot of us have gone through this masculine way of doing business. It's it's what we've seen. It's what we've been uh, forced into doing in the companies that we've been in. And we do have superpowers. Carmen and I see it all the time in the people that we are talking to and with our clients and women just don't realize it, that when we take that superpower and we connect it to others who have that same superpower and we're all thinking in that same way and we're about how can I help? How can I help someone else? Because that's been the age old adage. Like if you want to, you know, to get what you want, help enough other people get what they want. And I just think it's a wonderful way to not only live, but to do business as well. And I'm super excited that you are promoting this. Absolutely. And it's not even about helping people, Deirdre. For me at the end of the day, and I know this is going to sound really counterintuitive, 
I cannot not share my gifts. <laughs> I, I cannot not share the love. I cannot not share the joy. Does it help other people? Sometimes it's a bonus, but that's not my intention. My intention is when I meet somebody, I'm like, what, what, how is my gift in service to this person in front of me right now? And we all have multiple gifts. We all have a genius that is so rich when we just develop it. And other people are calling that forth from us. That's why we love doing what we're doing. And I was dropping into this in a meditation a couple of weeks ago. I was like, my God, why do I love doing this? Like, I don't want to ever do anything else. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And I realized it's because when I'm in the zone of my craft, I am fully connected and channeling my higher self. And that feels life-gasmic to me. So I actually do the work that I do from the very selfish stance of it feels fabulous. It feels wrong not to do it. And that is yeah. actually what is helping other people. And I want to implore ladies to start understanding that. It's not about helping other people. That's a bonus. That's a side product. It's about you connecting with your highest potential, your highest self expressed in this world. And in that, you are elevated and inspiring others to elevate themselves by playing with your gifts. What a fun way to do business. And it takes all of the pressure off you. It's just a game, ladies. It's a game of life. And we get to have fun playing it, like Frankie said, our way. Yeah. And yesterday during the unapologetic meeting that we were in, you mentioned something that was so cool that just really rang true for me. And that is that when we desire something, it's because, or how did you say, if we desire something, we are pulling that thing out of the creator. It's kind of like we desire, if I desire a ring, we were talking about a ring. There's some, this awesome ring that I've seen that I love. And you were saying that I desire it. And the, my desire for that is what prompted the creator of that to create it. It was the coolest way to connect our desire to what we get. And then you had said, I mean, I'll let you say it because you, you were talking about how if we don't honor our desires, we're actually doing a disservice in the world. We're being selfish. You are the muse to the artist that is creating your desire, that's, that's creating it in manifested form. That is how co-creation is working. Our desires are giving birth to art from artists. And your art doesn't need to be jewelry or paintings or singing. My art is self-leadership. Holding that space for magnificence and greatness in people, that is my art. Their desire to be great is pulling that through me. Their desire to be great is pulling that through me. And as I stated in the group yesterday, ultimately what we are creating in that unapologetic space is what future generations are desiring. We are simply being the vessels 
for what future generations want from business. So the more we desire, the more we are allowing creative force to be channeled through everybody else who are playing their part in creating the product or the service ultimately that is being seen in the world. How beautiful is that? Yeah, it's awesome. It's such a great way to look at it. And then it just relieves you of this whole, I think we all get, at least in the US, and I'm sure it's everywhere else too, we got we get caught up in consumerism and that we should not want more and that we should not this and we should not that. And what you're talking about is really like, just be you because mm-hmm. you have your desires and your the things that are being that you're being called to do for a reason, right? It's like, don't stifle that because of a quote unquote should that society or someone else is putting upon you. Which is all fear-based and which is all scarcity-based and which is all old world consciousness. That's tribal fearism at its best. That's saying we shouldn't desire, we, we shouldn't be greedy, we should be dissatisfied with what we have. Well, bitch, no, because ultimately desire is what's evolving consciousness. It's what's evolving life. It's what's evolving art. The most selfish thing that we can do is to not desire or to not actually understand that we are the creators of the desire and therefore we are worthy of the desire because, Carmen, that ring would not have been created if you did not have the desire for that ring to be created. How dare you not get it? (laughs) what would that be about i don't know but i'm gonna have to clip this little piece and share it with my husband (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) but that's the whole point is desire creates more this this everything has not already been created desires are born every single day in every single human being And that is what is creating more and more in the world. And have people not noticed that the more they said denying themselves the desire or making their desires wrong or thinking that they have to prove their worth to receive the desire, it's what's causing the suffering that we are experiencing on a global scale today. Yes, I believe that so, so strongly. Now, one thing, Al, I know that you. You've got this different approach to fear, and we've, we've started talking about it already. And we're talking about self-leadership and the art of living unafraid. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what are the what is this different approach to fear, and what, what are these different kinds of fears, and what can we do about it? Absolutely. Thanks for asking, Deirdre. I um, remember when I first became an Ironman, um, I became an Ironman within four months of watching a YouTube clip. And when the one person crossed the line and the announcer said, John, you are an Ironman, something inside of me just went, oh my God, I was born to be an Ironman. And I went online and I took out my credit card and I entered the next Ironman in South Africa, which was four months away. And then realized that A, I couldn't swim because I was terrified of water after a near drowning as a child. B, I couldn't run. I've never run more than 10 Ks and you had to do 42 Ks after a 
3.8k swim, 180k cycle, and then run a marathon. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And it was a journey and a half to get there. But as I came walking out of the water, there was a voice inside of my head that said, behind your fear is your freedom. And in that moment, I knew that I had been gifted something that would change my life forever. Now, I'm going to say as well that up until that point, and even after that, I was chanting the same as everybody else, feel the fear and do it anyway. You have to overcome your fear. You have to do something uncomfortable every day. But what I realized is that fear is in service to us. Fear is just an emotion. And there were two layers to this. Number one, my fear always indicates for me where my growth lies. So when I befriend my fear, I always grow automatically. She just stands there and goes, over here, Al, this is where your most growth is. Come and get me. So that is one aspect of it. The other aspect is the fear that people are experiencing in today's world is tribal fear. It's not even true. So all of the things like you don't know enough or you are too much or you have to be liked by everybody in order for you to be successful, all of these fears start playing out in archetypes. And when we start understanding that and we start recognizing these archetypal fears, we outgrow them because every single fear holds within it a seed of power. So instead of feeling the fear and doing it anyway, instead of overcoming fear, and let's just be honest with ourselves, if that worked, we would live in a fearless world today. The fact that everybody is saying that and living in a constant battle with their fears means it's not working. Whereas if you just actually address your fear and go, okay, what, what is this fear really trying to say to me? What is your message for me? What is the story that's running in the back of my mind that has me living in fear? And what is the truth? Because every fear is indicative of a tribal lie. Then what is the opposite of that? You get to alchemize that fear. You get to outgrow the fear and receive the power within that fear. And that is when we start living unafraid. So my message for people is stop feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Stop battling your fear. Befriend your fear, understand your fear, outgrow your fear, and receive the power within your fear. I love that message. I think that I know that when we do something and we, and, and this may be, I'm going to use terms that are standardly used here, <laughs> but when we push outside of our comfort zone, like let's say, you know, let's look at a child learning how to ride a bicycle. When a child learns how to ride a bicycle and they have training wheels on for however long they do, and then it's time to take the training wheels off, they want so badly to ride without training wheels, but they're afraid. But when they do it and they push through that and then they realize that, oh, it wasn't such a big deal. I can do this. And then each time we overcome, and I know overcome isn't 
in alignment with what you were just saying, but it's every time we do overcome or we do navigate a fear successfully, it gives us confidence to do more. I think that's another part of it. If we stop and let our fear be a fence or a barrier, then you're just, you might as well just sit in a bubble in your house and not do anything, right? It's like, I love the way that you said, when you see your fear, it's her saying, here, Elle, this is where you need to focus. And and that's really cool because if you can push that barrier, that fence out more, you get to do more, you get to live more, your world expands, your entire life expands. Exactly, Carmen, because it's who do I become when I outgrow this fear? So if you have a fear of doing public speaking, well, who do I become as a prolific public speaker? Connect to that, align with that, be that woman, and the fear is outgrown. You see, when you talk about the child wanting to let go of the training wheels, they're actually not afraid. Children are not afraid. The fear is what they are picking up from their parents. That is just being handed down to them. But when we have a look at children, they're pretty bloody fearless. Now, I remember my brother, we must have been six and seven years old, and we lived um, on this multiple terraced um, estate. And he, he decided he could fly. Now, at seven, you know, you've already got some, some gray stuff working at the top there. But he put a pillowcase around his neck like a cape, and he ran at full speed and jumped off a terrace into the trees on the next terrace. There was no fear because there were no adults around to say, no, 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 you can't do that. You're going to get hurt. Now, it's the same with the child on the bicycle. See, when they have the training wheels, remember fear and excitement has the same physiological response in your body. So a lot of the time we think that kids are afraid when they're actually excited. That's why their bodies are shaking and they have the the adrenaline pumping. That's excitement. So when they are ready to get those training wheels off and the training wheels are only on there because the parents tell them that they need the training wheels, they're really excited. Yes, if they fall repeatedly and they get hurt repeatedly, then they learn how to be afraid. But at the outstart, they're fearless. So what I'm saying is that when we start calibrating first to who do we get to become and then take the action, it's not an uncomfortable action and it's an unafraid action that we get to take. So I always say slow down to speed up. And this is the the part that most people are impatient with. They just want to take the action rather. Well, then tell yourself that you're not afraid. Tell yourself that that feeling that you're having in your body when you're standing in front of everybody is excitement. Tell yourself that until you feel it and then open your mouth and talk. I think that is, I think that is so fantastic. And what I'm getting from that is that we don't need to be afraid of fear. And I think that we are all programmed to be afraid of fear and this is a whole new way of looking at it. And it it is every part of our lives. And it does make us a different kind of person. And it 
what you said in the very beginning, I wrote this down because it's so good. It said that there is freedom behind the fear. Mm-hmm. And that is like the truest statement, L, that I have ever heard. Freedom is like one of my top values in my life. And that just really rang true for me. Thank you, Deidre. And, and the reason it's behind your fear, it's because I want you to move through your fear. And, and you hit it on the, on the head. One of my clients actually wrote a testimonial for me 17 years ago. And she said, because of working with you, I stopped being afraid of fear. And for me, it was such a natural thing. And then I started realizing this is huge for people. They're so afraid of the monster under the bed. But if they would only look, it would be this big fluffy teddy bear, like the the big guy in Monsters, Inc., the the beautiful big purple blue guy. That's your fear. And it is so in favor of your success. If you would just tilt your head and have a different perspective, just look at fear differently, your life will change forever. Yeah, I love that. I think that being able to look at life through different perspectives, through different, uh, we like to say different vantage points. We talk about with our clients about this a lot. When you're looking at a business and, and life is similar to a business in this metaphor, but you're looking at your business from the day-to-day, right? You're in there, it's ground zero, you're in there and you're doing that. Then you look at it and like 90-day planning or planning for a year, or then you raise up and look at it as the visionary. You have to look at it through different lenses, through different altitudes, through different uh, vantage points. And looking at fear as something that's not there to hurt us, but that's there to help us, I think is a great thing for people to to try to do. And I love the the Monsters, Inc. reference too. I love that guy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And the thing is, once we start understanding that we have a healthy perspective of fear, because most people think that fear in physical danger is the same as all the other fear, and it's not. And that's why they almost lose sensitivity to having healthy fear where you really are in danger versus tribal fear, which is just mindfuckery, quite frankly, which is done through tribal conditioning. And that's just the consciousness that we've all been raised in. We need to have compassion for that and we need to end it. We need to say it ends with us. I am going to be the person, and this is why I talk about self-leadership and not leadership. I am going to be the person with whom this tribal fear consciousness ends for my lineage because I'm not allowing it to spill over. I am leading from self, for self, and for everybody else. Yeah, I love that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that Deirdre and I help our clients focus on is starting looking inward instead of outward. And that reminds me when you say you're leading for self and it's self-leadership, you know, you can't do that if you're always looking outward for everything. And I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from. Just like the example of the child with the bike who really isn't afraid, but the parent's fear has been placed upon 
that child. You have to know who you are. You have to look inward. You have to do it from yourself first before you can do it for anybody else. Exactly, Carmen. And I say lead without attachment of having other people follow you. That's why I say for self. Lead with an unattachment for other people to follow you. When you lead, you automatically inspire people whose journey is led in the same direction as you. It's not about saying, I have the answer for everybody. Everybody has to follow me. How many people are following me? Oh my God, are there eyes on me? Which, by the way, then puts unnecessary ego pressure on us to perform in a certain way. And we go back to being the monkey on the stage, which is exactly what I want people to get away from. And also, it's a dedication to self-discovery. You know, it took me decades of personal development every single day to fall madly in love with myself, to choose who I am today as the woman, which is why I'm so unapologetic about it. And it's a work in progress because I'm not dead yet. So I'm not done yet. I'm still evolving. I'm still curious. I want to evolve more. The focus always has to come inwards. And then we allow ourselves at the end of the day to either be a warning or an inspiration to others. But how they perceive us is up to them. That's not our jobs. The mirror, the face in the mirror, that's my job. Be the woman that is proud to look myself in the eyes. I have so much respect for what you ladies are doing. I just want to say that as well. Um, so needed in this world, right? Um, especially for us as older ladies to to guide others. Um, and, and I think that's really important. The wise woman archetype needs to have reverence again. Um, yes. And if we, if we don't show up as wise women, we are being derelict in our responsibility to our sisters, quite frankly. And that's so needed right now. So bravo to both of you. Yes. Thank you so much. I love the way, I love the way you look at things and it's, it's giving me a different way to look at it as well, which is that we, by denying, and I, I don't believe in denying anything in myself, but I, I've never really intentionally looked at it like by denying who we are and by denying what's the pull that we feel, the intuition, the curiosity, the whatever it is, by denying any of that, we are being derelict in our duties as a human on this planet, right? I mean, we are mm -hmm. supposed to play a part and those things are pulling us to and calling us to play the part that we're supposed to play. And sadly, and you know, this is what I had to discover as well. <clears throat> Look, everything creates evolution, but we create it through one of two ways. We either create it through um, the contrast, which is the pain, the suffering, the, the shit that we don't want to experience again, or through acknowledging our desires, because the contrast creates a desire in us as well, right? So when you're sick, you desire to be healthy. When you're poor, you desire to be rich. So either way, we are co-creating evolution, but 90% of people at the moment are creating through suffering. Yeah. Just because of how we were being raised. That's mm -hmm. crazy. Like that shit has to stop. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not 
we're not here to suffer. And I no. see even a lot of the people, you know, that's in the personal development space are still putting suffering on a pedestal. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, I, I see it too with women in business. And that's why we chose to work with women over 40, because it, it is all that conditioning over the years. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't, it is, it's like they're trying to escape and their business is the escape hatch, but what they're bringing with them is they're bringing the same mindset. They're bringing the same garbage that they had before. And it's just now in a different form. And now they're responsible for a whole lot more. And that creates a complete disaster. Yep. Which is exactly why I'm saying, and, and this is part of why we've got, um, got the unapologetic group, women at the moment are contributing to a very unhealthy business grid. And that has to change. And the feminist conversation needs to change. Like everything needs to start changing by not focusing on what's wrong, but focusing on, well, what is right and how do we then make it better? and even better. And that only happens when we sort out our own shit first. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the coaches in the coaching world at the moment, I, I love them dearly, but shit, they, they need to go and do their work. You know, I was yeah. um, I was running a, a an apprenticeship and it was a six-month apprenticeship. I ran it only for two years and then I was like, nah. And everybody... 50% of people who signed up would drop out within the first three weeks. And they would say to me, this is too hard. I can go and do an easier course for way shorter and get certified. And I would say to them, but how can you guide another person through deep transformation if you're not willing to do the own transformation on yourself? Yeah. Oh, no, I just want to coach. I just want to help others. And that's what the coaching industry is largely at the moment. People yes. haven't done the work. That's right. Very good. Oh, that is so, that is just so insightful. Oh, I took a bunch of notes today because this is great. And I'm really excited because you have a book coming out and it's called The Keys to Self-Leadership. And in there, you're discussing the term re-empowerment. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean by this and how we distinguish between empowering others and re-empowering them. Thank you, Deirdre. So the word I coined is re-empowerment. I don't believe that we can empower other people. I think that we need to start cleaning up our language. I'm actually busy writing another book um, at the moment, Principles for Greatness. And in there, I talk about, you know, discipline um, and how that's been vast to bastardized to mean actually beating somebody or punishing somebody. Empowerment can only come from within. It's us empowering ourselves. It's us connecting to our own power. When we start saying we want to empower other people, it's actually we want to help other people. So empowerment is when we believe so much in people that we stand in a point of holding to their greatness and allowing them to find it themselves, allowing them to empower themselves because we won't give up on them 
We won't play into their smallness. We won't affirm their weakness. But we so believe in their power that they can find that frequency for themselves. And it is the most beautiful and the most challenging gift that we can give to other people because society has trained us to believe that we must empower other people and has trained people that somebody is going to come and empower them, that somebody is going to come and give them what they need in order for them to go to the next level. But it takes them away from the true power that's within them. When I witness you, and I know that you want something, and I allow you to stumble and fall and get up and scream and shout, whatever it takes for you to eventually get there, that's empowerment. And by the time that you get to where you desire to be, you have empowered yourself. Nobody can ever take that away from you, and you will never again wait for somebody else to empower you. And I saw this so beautifully. I was um, actually on Instagram Reels last week, and there was a mother bear and a baby bear going up this icy mountain. And the mother bear climbed out first, and she was standing at the top. And this baby bear would keep on making progress and then just slip and tumble down. And I kept thinking, oh, my God, is she going to go and fetch her baby? Because sometimes that baby was sliding so far, I thought, oh, he's going to crash at the bottom and die. But she didn't. She stood at the top and she called and she called and she called. And that baby must have tried at least 20 times until he finally got to the top. That's empowerment. That's beautiful. I love that. And so tell me this, because I love everything that you said, and I love the idea that we empower ourselves. So how do we look at when someone needs a guide? You know, they the empowerment comes from within, but they might need guidance. Is that How does that fit into your perspective? Exactly. It's just using clean language, Carmen. So if you're guiding somebody, then tell them, I'm here to help you. I can share guidance with you. But don't tell people that you're empowering them because then you're taking their power away from them. So my whole thing is society needs to clean up its language Yeah, because that is where all the power is being lost. That's so true when you say that and you think about it. It's it's so true. I love that. And I'm excited about your the book that you're writing now. <laughs> I'm excited about your other book that's coming out in 2023, but I you told me a little bit about the book that you're working on now. And you told me about that in the Unapologetic group. I would love for you to tell people how they can connect with you and maybe about how they can join Unapologetic if they're interested in learning more fabulous perspectives from you. Absolutely. Thank you, Carmen. The easiest way to connect with me is always on LinkedIn, Al Nash. Um, and I always ask people, please don't follow me. I'm not a sheepdog. Connect with me. Um, let's get on a call. Let's have coffee. Get to know me as a person. I love community. I, I don't like the social media thing of followers. You know, I'm like, you're not a sheep and I'm not a sheepdog. So let's not do that. 
And then you can either go to my website, directionu.co forward slash unapologetic and have a look at what the group is all about, or just come and hang out with us. Um, you know, just send me an, an invite on LinkedIn and I will send you the calendar link. Come for free as our guest, see what we're all about, see what we do, what we're talking about, and then you can decide whether you want to join or not. And my promise is always you will receive value whether you join this group or not. Because for me, every time somebody gets on that call, they're part of the family. They're part of love. They're part of heart. So that is forever. Yes, that's beautiful. And I will put all of the links in the show notes for everybody so that you can connect with Elle. And honestly, the unapologetic group is fantastic. She runs it like nothing you've ever experienced, I will say. So I think yesterday everyone was saying, did 90 minutes already go by? It went by so fast because it's so much fun and you really get to know everyone in a completely different way. Absolutely. That's the intention. You know, women, remember Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. There is so much power in that. When we are having fun, our juiciness is alive. We are creative. We are free. We are flirtatious with life. Life says yes to us. Honestly, ladies, don't, don't be these dried up serious bulls. Like have fun. And, and life will show you what fun can really feel like. That's right. That's awesome. Words to live by. Thank you so much, Elle. It's been a pleasure having you. And I hope a whole bunch of people connect with you and join Unapologetic. Thank you, ladies. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you for this platform. And I look forward to hosting you online. Can't wait for that. Yes, that's going to be fun. As a service-based entrepreneur, are you feeling overwhelmed with all the to-dos? The women who hire Encore Empire have reached a breaking point in their business where they know that something needs to change, but they don't know what. Maybe you're finding yourself working nights and weekends, and that's not what you signed up for. And despite all the extra hours you're putting in, your income isn't increasing. We help you peel the layers back to uncover the root of the problem and not only correct it, but teach you how to avoid falling into the same trap in the future. We help you step into the role of CEO in your business, where you're working on your business, not just in it. If this sounds all too familiar, we invite you to set up a consult call at EncoreEmpire.com forward slash consult. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Encore Entrepreneur. Can you do us a favor? It will help us if you would please subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it with your friends. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the real talk about how to be successful without compromising your values and we need your help to spread the word.